forever. Dog. Welcome to Hills I Die On. Thanksgiving stinks. Being old is awesome. I believe twins should be separated at birth. The Bachelor is the perfect way to find love. Adults who like Disneyland are deeply unwell. Welcome back to Hills I Die On. Today is an exceptional day on the podcast because today we're joined by a magnificent actor slash comedian slash writer. You've seen her work on shows like A Black Lady Sketch Show, Full Frontal with Samantha B, and Bless This Mess. She's incredibly funny and ridiculously talented and just a complete delight for being here today. Please welcome to the podcast, Ashley Nicole Black. Hello. Hi. <laughs> and I feel like we should do a separate intro for yes. your sweet podcast dog. Uh, Gordy is here she's done such things as nap on the floor oh, <laughs> that's I what she's that doing one. right big now. fan of that one uh peruse for water yes one of her favorites <laughs> a classic uh be a sweet little angel uh if she hasn't been nominated for awards yet you guys she's being snubbed she's been she's done two acting roles no way yes and one of them we did together and we had to like walk to a mark that's and so she kept fun. thinking we were like going on a walk sure <laughs> and she'd be like i don't understand this walk we've walked the same block yeah. 10 times <laughs> that's They're really confusing you're like you've trained me for this moment but not like this like this is you're throwing a wrench in my method that's hilarious uh well i can imagine she probably stole the show nonetheless oh yeah always what was her second uh another one on full frontal they did like a daycare for dogs and gordy is really well potty trained Mm -hmm. in every situation in every office i've ever taken her to except the full frontal offices (laughs) Every single time she walked into that office, she peed on the floor. She wants that territory. Yeah. She's marking her spot. And I think it's like a high energy, you know, politics focused office. And she's like, I'm just, this makes me so nervous. "Ah." She would just pee on the floor. So then we actually needed a dog to pee on a floor and brought her in and she did not do it. Of course. Of course. (laughs) That's amazing. So I just, uh, my, the episode I got lucky enough to write for single parents had a possum in it. Oh, I watched that one. Oh, thank you for watching. And the possum, uh, there were three possums and of course it's like someone who owns three possums who's coming in to like mm-hmm. to work with the possums and they were like this is our shining star possum because this possum hisses and i was like <laughs> Let, let's be clear here this possum isn't an actor this possum is extremely agitated yeah. like the, this, this possum is, doesn't want to be so here sad. <laughs> yeah. exactly but then of course like day of we're like okay well i guess it's better to have the hissing possum <laughs> yeah. and so like the possum comes and of course on that day the possum's not hissing yeah no. not even close the possum is just like sitting in a box like hello like, that, <laughs> that was it we were like all right we're gonna do this in post because like we're like what do we poke it no like we're <laughs> yeah, not gonna like not. yeah exactly none of those you things just, no not, none of those things you're just gonna wait and like they keep being like we swear he's gonna do his thing you know he's he's a, he's really talented in this capacity we're like again not not a talent so much as like a, a peeve a, i'm a actually natural, yeah like we response all, yes, to the environment to fear and like yeah, it's like his fight or flight taking off we should actually be like glad that he's not hissing it means that he feels like he's in a safe space yeah. here but uh no so it was uh it was interesting animals on set are yeah i love the on bless this mess there's a ton of animals and the conversations where they're like people always want this pig because this is a cute pig but this is the one that's more talented if you that's want a pig amazing. to go from a to b you're gonna want to go with Sadie. <laughs> Wait, that's amazing and also like so funny because we like of course have those conversations with actors yes it's like well this one looks more like this but this one can say their line yeah. and it's like no that should be compromised it's pick so, the one who can say their exactly. line to put 
crazy. We have makeup on totally. Them. That's why we have makeup artists. 110%. That's why we have lighting artists. Yes. That's why we have camera angles. There are so many ways to fix like your perception of the self tape. Yeah. Like, but while we're on the topic of such things as television yes. and the intricacies of it, uh, this relates to your beautiful, wonderful hill that you're here to die yes. on today. Uh, this is so I talk about politics for a living, and this yes. is probably going to be the most controversial thing I say in public. Oh, man. TV is better than movies. It's controversial. TV is just generally better than <laughs> movies. The best TV show is better than the best movie. The oh, worst man. TV show is better than the worst movie. No way. TV yeah. is just generally better. This is wild for me. And also brave. This is brave. <laughs> this is really brave. The men are going to be mad. Men love movies. I don't know what it is, but so the men true. of Twitter fucking love movies. <laughs> Whoa. I have not thought about this divide yet. And you're so, it's you're true. so correct. Yeah. A huge culture of movie buffs that tend to stem from like you know middle school boys like yeah. going out to see movies with their friends and now they all have blogs yeah <laughs> i too am afraid to debate this because uh since we work in this space you are now putting me on the defense <laughs> against my career path yeah. and i'm going to defend movies to the grave baby movie no, or tv totally show just, the, just the, in general the medium just in general the medium <laughs> is better um i love this uh let's get into it all right um uh, first of all with this topic uh you're then arguing that across the board movies are better or tv is better than movies in all capacities then including like writing directing yeah. acting all of the above yeah amazing uh you want to kick it off starting with a category you got a talking point uh oh. okay first talking point what is the point of entertainment <laughs> <laughs> Did I mention well, that I went to grad school? Oh, did, did I mention <laughs> that I didn't know this was a thing until like 2015 and I was like, yeah, uh, Oh God. Okay. I'm ready take, for this. Let's, we're going to zoom all the way yeah. out to what is the point of entertainment? I think, um, you know, obviously to be entertained, Escapism, in comedy, to laugh, sure. whatever, but it's, really to develop empathy. So when you read a book about a character, you watch a movie about a character, you imagine yourself in their role and that helps you to imagine yourself as another person. So like if you're a man, totally. you spend a little time imagining yourself as a woman, um, you spend another a little time imagining yourself as another race and that helps you to develop empathy. There's actually academic research that says that when you watch someone do something, like let's say do a dance, mm -hmm. the neurons in your brain that fire are the same ones that would fire if you were moving your muscles and dancing and doing that thing oh, wow. so you're literally like on a cellular level experiencing what you're watching with that character which is like a very important thing that we only need more of like we need totally. to be better at you genuinely feel like you are tap dancing in that person's yeah. shoes that's yeah. beautiful and that is practice you're building that muscle for when you're like out on the street and you see a homeless person like can you imagine yourself as them as opposed to being like that's not me fuck that person right totally. so we're practicing that skill yes. and tv is better at that than movies because you get to grow with the characters over time sure so like you can watch let's say Lorelai and Rory grow from like 16 and 30 to whatever they end up at the end in their 20s and 40s and week after week see that like minute little character development and you're growing along with totally. them as opposed to if you have a favorite movie you can watch it over and over again for seven years but those characters are never going to grow and change more than they did in your first two hour viewing totally. of the movie 
reality. That's that's a beautiful point. Uh, <laughs> I, it, it, incredibly articulate. We've done a little bit of conversation about that in terms of how like novels actually do that better than TV. That does, is true, uh, which is fascinating. That's TV is better than movies. That's super fascinating, <laughs> and I'm not going to argue from an empathy standpoint. But you are also uh, arguing like the almost the outliers of TV in that they go for a million seasons and you get the chance to do that, and they ended with a satisfying ending. One of the big things that I think in favor of movies that make them better is that you actually get that closure and you get that like big lesson learned with the characters which is something that often isn't afforded to you in television because either things get canceled they fully jump the shark or they just like don't conclude in a, in a way that allows you to end up caring for the characters in a long-term capacity see I would argue even if that happens like yes. let's say I didn't watch Game of Thrones but I know like oh, a lot man. of people yes. were upset with the last totally. season of Game of Thrones even if you didn't like the last episode of, of Game of Thrones or even the last season of Game of uh -huh. Thrones you got that mini closure every single episode because every episode we're going to wrap up this story totally. and learn a lesson and the character is going to change a little bit totally and it's closer to the rate of change in real life like whatever character you see in the pilot it's going to be pretty similar to that person in the last episode whether it's six episodes later or 200 episodes totally. later uh, but there's a little minute change every week there's a small lesson learned every week and that's closer to the rate at which humans grow. Sure. Whereas like in a movie, someone discovers they're a superhero at 3 p.m. And by 5 yes. p.m. they're like flying Heroes through journey. the air, <laughs> kicking ass. Like that's not how life An works. An amazing arc. Yeah. As aspirational growth yeah. versus like real, actual, tangible growth when done well. Yeah. Because we've also seen it done very poorly yes. across the spectrum. And we're uh, also talking about contemporary television, right? Because there are many TV shows in which no character ever grew yeah, and totally. they reset at the end of every yes, episode. Yes, I was going to say, like, you do have like the Seinfelds of the world yeah. where people are learning absolutely nothing and then it ends in a very, you know, to many unsatisfying yeah. way. And it's just like, oh, well, what did we learn here? <laughs> I mean, like the point of like Curb is essentially the same thing in that we're watching this guy who never learns his lesson get his comeuppance every week. Yeah. Right. So in some ways, we could also say TV could do the same thing in reinforcing bad behavior if you're watching something more episodic than serialized. And yeah, but then <laughs> that would make it equal to movie not worse oh, right? okay okay ah maybe <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, because if movies are allowing for growth, like you're never going to watch a movie where somebody ends, or I guess, I mean, I'm never going to say never, but most of the time your hero in the movie learns something and grows in some capacity, but that's not always the case in TV. Like it's more so in movies. I think it's pretty, I think it's equal because in, there are movies where someone gets rewarded for their bad behavior through the whole movie. Yeah, you're so And right. there are TV shows like that too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Again, we talked about this. I was like, well, I don't really know. I kind of watch more TV than movies, so I'm going to do the best I can here on behavior. I really like that. Um, another thing to the thing you were saying about uh, episodic narrative um, being able to tell mini stories throughout each episode. Mm -hmm. um, another point I found in favor of movies is that um, the way that episodic narrative works with television can be kind of restrictive because instead of being able to tell like a full arc and go all the way through with your character, you're sort of forced into telling these little chunks that uh, you know some could be some you know you've, we've all heard of filler episodes mm -hmm. like sometimes you get to that sweet episode 12 you're like I don't know what we're doing yeah. we got 24 more to go <laughs> we know what we're driving toward Bottle but now episode, we've got three yeah. exactly <laughs> we're out of money 100 we're out of money we're out of ideas like our character can't grow too fast right now so like there ends up being all these stutter steps and I think we do see that sometimes uh in television like I think there's certain television uh shows that 
would be better suited as movies because there's just not enough stuff to stick in there. So we end up being like, I love Big Little Lies. No, you loved the first and the last episode of Big Little Lies. Episode two through four of season one were nothing happened. So I would argue that it can be that way. Yes. But it doesn't have to be. That's not inherent to television. Totally, totally. If anything, it's inherent to network television where you're having these long orders. But even the network shows are doing shorter and shorter orders. But I would say that you could can do anything with the medium and like years and years on HBO. Have you watched the pilot? No, it's such a good, you have to watch, even if you don't want to watch the show, it's just like a lesson in pilot writing. It's such a good pilot. And in the first act of that pilot, they cover five years of story. So Yes, that you could have a filler episode where it's like, oh, they're all just sitting in a living room talking because we ran out of money and ideas for the season yes. arc. You can also have episodes of television that c- cover five years of story That's for six characters. Totally. Like, you can. All right. All right. Again, great, great point. <laughs> Clearly studied this stuff. What did you go to school for? This. You did. <laughs> Fantastic. For arguing about for television. Our, for, oh, my God. Uh, as a graduate of the University of Wisconsin-Madison <laughs> Journalism School, I feel like I need to be doing a better job. Yeah, um, I studied um, contemporary minstrelsy so i was tracing um tropes from blackface minstrelsy up through the advent of television oh, so that's i right. really I did study the history of television yeah. that's right oh yeah fuck <laughs> <laughs> well there here we are well, and i do know about this one thing if you were like how do you get to the grocery store i would and you're lost. like i don't know i don't know Taylor. Taylor. i go on postmates and i this. ask a man to bring me groceries <laughs> yeah. and i rely on my gps my yeah. gps actually my phone died like a week ago and i was like come on taylor you can get home based on logic yeah, alone work. and yes. it was like truly like i felt like I, I, a wizard when i pulled into my driveway it took significantly longer than it should have been yeah. but i was like going north baby we're going north and this has got to be a positive it's, i can pretty yeah. much get to my home or my parents home and that is it without That's gps amazing. <laughs> um, also i'm just realizing the only thing i did study tv wise in college uh we had one class called radio tv and film mm-hmm. all yeah. wrapped up into one <laughs> yeah. all beautiful happy medians uh and i did one paper on how uh and on comedy and politics and how just the appearance of people uh on like segments like snl uh makes people like warm to them and mm-hmm. it allows people to you know relate to them more and you know we saw a lot of this yes, when so Trump was on SNL and more why circumspect exactly about that. Yeah. yeah but I remember like when it happened I was like oh, I learned this <laughs> I also took classes like companion animals but and, you realize you're making my argument right oh man but- am I television is humanizing Respo- oh, but when used responsibly, when used responsibly because it yes. also because oh, 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 it also helped get trump elected although to be fair trump was also in every movie in the 90s <laughs> so so true yes. so true damn it okay so that's so equalizing <laughs> well well done touche okay great so from the from a writing standpoint um those are some really wonderful points another thing that when i was looking into this that i found was from a directing standpoint uh, a lot of and more specifically a technological standpoint oftentimes because more money is fed into movies there's been more technological innovations that then tvs have been able to adapt but a lot of this exciting new informed stuff comes from movies and that's pretty cool (laughs) yeah so i will not argue you there i have the worst argument in response which is i don't care And here's, (laughs) there's actually a two-pronged argument. One is that I don't care, and one is a different argument about directing. But the the first one being, um, I go, and this is me personally, right? This is not like a universal truth, but I go to story, first story, for emotion, for relationships, for jokes, good dialogue. 
these like long cinematic shots of a hallway and oh it's beautiful oh we never cut it's a three minute long shot down a hallway without a cut I don't care <laughs> unless it's telling me something about the character. You know, if a character's like sure. walking down a long hallway to get an abortion and we can see on her face that she's questioning her decision or she takes some stutter steps or she thinks about walking in one office or another. Interested. Totally. But I'm not interested because of how beautiful and technologically advanced the shot was. I'm interested because it's advancing story and it's telling me something about the human condition. Totally. Um, and so in that sense, while I do appreciate beauty and I appreciate the advancement, for me, it's not the reason I go to entertainment. Totally. And I would say it actually distracts. So oh, like one of my points that I came in with was like, you could say what I like about television is that it's serialized and we watch characters grow over time. You could say, well, movies have sequels, so we can do that same thing with oh, a yeah. sequel. <laughs> Thank you. Right? <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> but the movies that get sequels are usually the ones that are, you know, with a lot of CGI, with a lot of action, with a lot of sure. these technological advancement. And then there's so little character development. There's so, even if you look at the space, the white page, the white space, space on yes. the page of the script there's so much empty space because so much of the film is taken up with visuals and stuff and so there isn't time left to advance character and so all of those like superhero action movies it's like we introduce a problem we kind of meet all the heroes and then we spend a third of the movie fighting mm -hmm. how is the story advancing i literally like watched one of those avenger movies which i know i'm gonna hear about this on twitter i know people fucking that's not for me Same. i watched it on a plane because i knew it wasn't for me um i fell asleep during the movie <laughs> so the characters start fighting the bad guy I fall asleep. I sleep for anywhere between 30 seconds to 500 years. I have no <laughs> idea. When I wake up, the fight is still happening. And it's 100% at this point computer generated images. So it's literally, it was just colors flashing across the screen. I could not tell you what was happening. I could not tell you how anyone felt about anything. I just woke up to like a blue swoosh going by my face. And like, how is that more interesting than like, I would any day of the week rather watch two characters eat dinner and neither of them knows how to say that like the dinner is bad or whatever. <laughs> like the awkward silence between two people is so much more interesting than like someone at a computer painting blue swooshes past my face. I completely agree with you in that capacity. I'm not the biggest superhero person <laughs> either. Sorry guys who are hoping that I'm going to defend this well. Um, to that, I think movies have been getting in a lot of trouble lately and that they've been just going for like the obvious big budget. I mean, they're all owned by corporations, right? Yeah. And so it's all like a bunch of like CEOs, like making presentations before the movie gets greenlit talking about how much money it's going to make internationally and why and based on what other successes happened so it's a safe bet so yeah. oftentimes it's reboots oftentimes it is superhero movies because like they are proven to have done well in the blockbuster in the past and so instead of taking chances that tv oftentimes can because it's a smaller budget it's more saturated so like people are more willing to be like well we have to get through the noise versus like just make money like in order to make money we have to fight all of these medians. They don't have as uh, big of backing from ad campaigns as movies do. So I do think they've been getting into trouble in terms of that capacity um, and just like making things that are, you know, 
to us boring or repeated or we've seen but because of that movies have actually been losing money lately and the surge of indie movies is now on the rise again yes which is amazing because i think that does answer a lot of the questions and a lot of our concerns about the way that we're watching movies and what movies are getting greenlit and we're getting to see more character development and more unique storytelling in a platform that is you know so much more different than television and it kind of makes it more unique yeah and what happened was they stopped making like mid range budget movies so those are for my money like the best movies and we just haven't been making them they're just making huge blockbuster movies and but and the surge of indie and like small you know low budget things makes me super happy because that's the type of shit i want to watch sorry guys like if i watched harry and sally get divorced 10 years Uh later i'm into that you know what i mean but those aren't the movies that get sequels i know you're so right but then you could also say the same thing of like sometimes season twos ruin great shows like i feel like they're a great show that like I wish had just ended and then they get that sequel or they get that second season and you're like oh man it's so disappointing it's for the same reason right it's because you start off at least in television you start off with like a story to tell and then Uh the network's like great give us more 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 and you're like oh I don't know and then you're like spinning trying to scramble and fulfill the order as opposed to I had an idea plotted out all along and I think it's the same thing with totally sequels Uh, although I will say um, if we're talking like big budget things one of my biggest reasons for loving movies would be the camaraderie that comes with like a big like movie watching event and I don't think we've had anything come even close to that with TV except for maybe Game of Thrones which I would argue are honestly just like little movies (laughs) themselves but like being able to have one of those big blockbuster like successes like a Star Wars or a Harry Potter or um, something of that nature where like people are freaking dressing up going out at midnight like you're getting to like go out with people like from all walks of life and like celebrate this crazy universe that you all have like grown to love and I think it's an experience like an, an unparalleled experience in terms of like consumption and media and like getting people together to surround one wonderful thing that we don't get with television I would say the equivalent to that of television happens on Twitter. So, um, like, <laughs> that's so funny. Game of Thrones was probably like the last appointment totally. show that we've had before that. It was Scandal, and the cast would live tweet, and everyone would watch Scandal at the time that it came on totally. and watch the commercials and live tweet with the cast. And actually, like, Carrie Washington started that, and all, a lot of other shows started doing it and kind of Shondaland brought back appointment television in that way. So it is possible. And probably the thing that happens, that's obviously extraordinary. What happens most often is like when Netflix drops a show, everyone binges the whole thing and totally. everybody's talking about it for like a week. And yeah, you're not all in the same place, but I would honestly prefer to be in my home tweeting <laughs> with people than be out with them. And that's just my personality. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> I literally had on the list, I was like controversial take, but movie like force you to leave the house and sometimes yeah. I need that so we're on the same page in that capacity I'm like all right it's a date night like we gotta go we just gotta we get gotta out of the go. house I will say movies are the best date yes that that is the one thing I'll give to movies because it's, it's a great first date you go to the movies if the person is heinous you don't have to talk to them and then if you like them you can get a drink after the movie and, and like you have, have the something conversation. to talk about yeah. exactly like it's a natural that's um, amazing plays are even better though because there's intermissions you can chat at intermission there you and, go yeah oh interesting I actually have a game for you later that we'll play where I'm going to ask you <laughs> to rank other other passive forms of entertainment yes. so i'm glad because so i have opinions amazing and i also just want to know like what holds up where like what are we, like how bad are movies and how good is tv um okay so that's a great one another point that i had was watching repeatability mm-hmm. i feel like when i'm watching like what would you say is the greatest tv show of all time 
Um, oh, I mean, I wouldn't say one. I would say the shows that I've watched over and over again. Uh-huh. It's Gilmore Girls, West Wing, The Good Place, mm-hmm. um, The New Girl. And are you watching them like series, like rewatching the entire series over and over again? Yeah, you are. So yeah. interesting because I was going to say it like there are TV shows that I love, love, love. And I'll go back and watch like certain episodes. And like, yes, obviously, like I feel like I've studied the good book. I yes. watch it on crazy repeat. Like I've watched every episode of 30 Rock many, many times. But like it's so much more laborious to go back and like rewatch full seasons. Whereas my favorite movies, I will rewatch nine million times like and that, and they will just bring me joy every time. See, the weird thing, I don't have that experience with movies. Really? Like I will see a movie once uh-huh. and there are very few movies that I've wanted to see again. Oh, no way. Yeah, because I know what happens um, and I feel like in TV shows because there's just so much more uh-huh. material every time I watch it I see something that I didn't see before a little look between the actors totally. or an arc that was like a C story that I didn't realize was an arc across the season or you know whatever totally. there's you just, are also watching this as like a, a, a connoisseur and I will like say a also student yes I'm of, a, yes. a student of television and a television yes, writer and, and I, I yes. have not done that work about movies I'm not as discerning <laughs> totally, a movie viewer totally. <laughs> um, but yeah when I rewatch movies it's it's the same experience again yeah. whereas when I rewatch television I feel like I'm having a new experience every time and then i have gotten to the point like i think i've seen every episode of the gilmore girls eight times uh-huh. and now i can't watch it anymore i've seen sure. every single yeah sc- like that's amazing screen of that show <laughs> like, <laughs> so many times like you know exactly where the cuts are the um with with shows did were there any shows that you said that weren't comedies in that list uh the west wing and you'll re-watch the west wing mm-hmm. really yeah it's tough now um, not because of the show, but be- in the Trump presidency, it is tough to like watch a government that works and is optimistic. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. You're that, no longer not the capable fault. of suspending yeah. your disbelief. You're like, no, <laughs> that's yeah. Oh, that's that's dark and very very true with so many things. Um, I, th- I'm fascinated that you said that because I I felt like for me like there's a lot of TV shows that I love that are serialized dramas like The Americans I thought was just fantastic uh, I'm not going to go watch it again because I like know what happens yeah. and like half the joy of watching something uh, dramatic is like the surprise of it all whereas with comedy like uh, it's going to get me every time like I, I'm yeah. going to but again Unless also comedy like writers because I will say I mean like The Good Place you're so right when I watched the the last episode of the first season I immediately went back to watch like okay how did they do that totally um and I would say like the early seasons of Scandal the twists are like so well built in that you don't see them coming and you want to go back and watch and see how did they, they really it. do that or yeah. did they just like put some twists that was not supported and so going back to watch and see if like that surprise was supported is like very pleasurable oh, that's fa- like, really fascinating when I read Gone Girl the book yeah I read it in one sitting, turned mm-hmm. around and read it again immediately. Mm-hmm. And I think that experience is very common to television and books and less common to movies. Interesting. What What about uh, books that become movies or TV shows that then culminate in a movie? Um, I My opinion on this is based on being someone who's in the industry. It's not like a viewer's uh-huh. opinion. Sure. We're at the point now where studios are so reluctant to make original material. IP. 
that your agent will advise you, you have an idea for a movie, they'll advise you to write an article or a book first. Yeah. Learn how to do a completely different job. That's like being like, I want to be a firefighter. And they're like, you know, the only way to become a firefighter these days is to go to the police academy, be a cop for five years, and then maybe they'll let you transfer over. Like, it's, there's no reason why I should be writing a book. No, that's amazing. That's so <laughs> amazing to get a movie and so made. true. And that's like where we are. So now I feel like, like Gone Girl was such a good book. And now mm-hmm. every book you read that's about a woman is just another, a Gone Girl in New England, a Gone Girl. Yes in the bahamas yeah. it's just all that it's also like true crime-esque and we're yes gonna, yeah. and all it feels like so many books are being written to become movies and book writing is a different kind of writing like book totally. writing is your opportunity to do those super internal stories where you're inside the character's mind mm-hmm. and the there's maybe less plot because it's really about being inside the character's mind in a way that you can't in a movie and instead we're just writing books that are just waiting to be movies yeah. which I is was 100% uh, told to go write a scripted podcast for something yeah. in lieu of a pitch and I was like the, no, it's I'm not gonna do that like, job and it's yes, too much work it's so much work for something that isn't the medium you're trying to do and I mean there's so many beautiful scripted podcasts out there and kudos to the ones that then became other things but it's like reverse engineering your way into something that you like by means of a genre that you don't care about yet yeah, also bananas. just hear a pitch and if you like it buy it totally it's not- <laughs> totally yeah the ip thing i'm 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 glad to know that i'm not alone in this because i was like really do you have that little faith in my movie writing that i have to now write it as a scripted podcast yeah. verse and also like if what you want is proof of concept yeah then, like write a script that's the job you're getting hired to do totally maybe at most like write a script and make a sizzle or something for a comedy but like come on but people want to see that it already has fans and it already has followers and that part's super fascinating um this good little girl has been (laughs) truly seated like an angel this i was when she popped up i got so scared because i forgot that she was hanging no she's moving to a spot of sunlight she's allowed to good what a little angel she's, she's so like sweet. i had enough of this conversation <laughs> i am absolutely going to hang in the sun by a bunch of dead cacti good enjoy that over there another fun thing that i had was uh oh that oftentimes uh, uh something fun that movies have that tvs don't is currently and i think this is changing but that movies and people who uh work in movies oftentimes get a little bit more clout and celebration and like the parties seem to be bigger and better like and all that jazz and and uh, people tend to know the names of like movie directors and t- and movie stars more than TV folk. I do think that's changing, but uh, I mean, I thought that was fun. And that should not be the case, though. Yeah. Like, if you think about the job of being an actor, I think it actually really is a shame that movie actors get more clout than television totally. actors, and that has really changed a lot recently. Yes, but it's it still kind of the case. Mm-hmm. But like, your job as a movie actor. I love when they give interviews and they're like, I studied for three years for this role. And I'm like, first of all, good for you that you have that much free time. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, I'm so glad you had time to like gain 20 pounds or yeah. lose 40 pounds and learn how to dance. God forbid they cast someone who already knew how to dance. I'm right. You know, like there are hundreds of skinny white dancers out there who could have. Who were already the right weight, role. right talent level. You know, but the acclaim comes because they spent so much time. It's the preparation. You know, for the, let's say, what is it? Three, four six months of shooting this movie your television actor is doing whatever that is going to the gym learning how to dance whatever they're doing that while they're shooting the thing right for a year yeah even just the basic human dynamics of getting along with your co-stars 
every week for totally. 22 weeks as opposed sure, to like sure. two months on location. However long the film is a shoot feat, is. And they should be celebrated. That's amazing. It. And it, look, let's be clear. I'm not saying they shouldn't be celebrated. Yeah. I'm just saying they oftentimes aren't as much. Like if you were to ask like my parents in Chicago, if they knew who directed or show ran certain shows, they would be like, what, what is the showrunner? Absolutely not. Yeah. Whereas, well, you know, now they're supportive. And we are now are. like in the world of the celebrity showrunner, but that's yes. really only happened in the past five Totally. 10 years prior to that it was just like we knew movie directors it always blew my mind just finally getting into writing and being like oh wow like before i knew this was an industry i knew the names of big directors but i didn't know who wrote any of these yeah. big movies and that was crazy to me um and again movie stars and then versus tv people being like oh it's that guy in that thing yeah you know and unless it goes eight or nine seasons and then it's ever jennifer aniston and everyone from friends or whatever um it becomes yeah you get less clout that being said but i you do think television acting is hard and they oh, should really? get more yeah yeah you're there are obviously rewrites on movies but sure. it's by the time the actor is on set it's fairly minimal maybe it's punch up television actors may get a brand new script when they so walk true. into the door that morning yes. you know what i mean and like yes you're creating one character and living in that one character for a long period of time as sure. opposed to a new character every time you um, do a movie but that one character is growing and changing and it's not easy mm-hmm. If you were asked to be in large movies, however, would this change your mind? It wouldn't change my mind. I would do it. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> it wouldn't change my I would collect my much yes, larger, more clout-filled yeah, I, I was going to say, that's the other thing is the money, uh, the money for even, like, I found how much money was for, like, movie rewrites, and I was like, what? Yeah. That's crazy. Although, I will say, uh, one of my points of why I think television is better, and it's uh-huh. leading into my Trump card that I know you can't argue oh, with, no. but before we get to I'm that so one, afraid of you. a free point to that one. <laughs> Um, is that more people write television. Uh So on the one hand, that is why I think it's better, particularly in comedy. The more people in the room, the more you're competing to get the best joke on the page, the better that joke is going to be supposed to one person sitting alone at home writing a whole movie. And obviously there are rewrites and punch-ups on movies, but not to the extent that there are when it's like 20 people working on a television show. Um, And so they they earn that bigger paycheck because they're doing the work more alone it's not as much of a collaborative thing personally i prefer to work collaboratively and i also prefer to watch content where a lot of especially in comedy a lot of competition is what makes comedy good competing to get that best joke and also television is better than movies because (laughs) television in every aspect is more diverse than movies Uh, yes i knew that by far yeah by a landslide well and the the thing that's interesting about movies in general is that movies are behind television Mm -hmm. in some ways um due to the constraints of the medium right so any movie that's on the screen now was written at least two or three years ago sure often 10 years ago it just takes so long to get movies made whereas any television show you turn on today was made probably a month to six months ago totally so they're gonna be more quote-unquote woke just by virtue of the fact that they didn't write it five years ago yeah, it's, it's being written now yeah it's yeah. being written now by people who live in the world yes. now and have the <laughs> understandings of the world now obviously there are more and less woke television shows of but they were all made recently yes. in the milieu that we're in so that could in. go both ways yeah. again yes <laughs> yeah and in, in some ways it's worse when it goes yes, back because i know like, you wrote oh, you this a no, month ago yeah, yeah no excuse for this whatsoever but yeah and because of that construction 
constraint that means you need more writers more people are making it and just by virtue of hiring more people there's going to be more diversity sure but also it just seems like aside from those constraints of the medium television chooses to i mean i'm sorry film chooses to lag behind usc and ucla put out these great studies i think it's every year every other year of all the breakdown of diversity in Hollywood from agencies to casting, writers, directors, everything. Mm -hmm. And they found many years ago, and they have continued to find every year, and every time they release their study, articles are written about it, this information is readily available and everyone has it, that once movies and television shows approach 20% or more um, non-white people involved Mm -hmm. in them, they make more money. So that is to say, if you make a a television show or a movie where the cast is less than 20% non-white, those movies are not good return on investments. Those television shows don't get good ratings. Those movies don't make good money. They continue to make them anyway because they want to. (laughs) That's crazy. They don't care that they already know it's going to make less money. That's That's just what they want to do. But film seems to do it more than television, and I'm not sure why that is the argument i think used to be was like because films have to sell more overseas yeah but actually movies with more diverse cast do better overseas as well as domestically so that argument is also invalid and i think what you said also the barriers to entry are higher in film yeah because in television um if as has happened to me many times a white woman writes a show i can come staff on her show and now i'm a tv writer even if they never would have bought a show from me whereas in film you have to i would have to sell a script and if they're not buying scripts from black ladies this week i'm not getting in that door yeah man yeah again i'm not arguing this (laughs) i I, that really blows my mind i mean obviously we know there's a diversity problem but the fact that it's like even showing on like a financial scale and what's crazy is like those studies they can only do them because the information comes from the studios right the studios say we made this movie and here's who was in it and here's who wrote it here's how much money it made so all they're doing is reporting back to them information they already have that like they should have figured out hey we made 10 movies this year and these were the most popular and these were the least popular they just don't care (laughs) jesus christ yeah guys do better do better do better in television as well because i mean let's be clear it's still not great great. but it's it's better than movies and that's my argument i do have some like hard numbers uh oh throw them at me so we love research on this pod (laughs) just for context america's 39 percent non-white right Uh so if all things were equal film writers would be 39 percent non-white totally so, okay so from 2011 to 2016 14 percent of top theatrical films had non-white leads 14 percent and only 31 percent had female leads that's crazy that's movies so for television for broadcast scripted television 19 percent non-white leads and 36 percent female leads so that's still bad but it's better <laughs> than movies <laughs> Okay, so um, we're not giving them like a pass yeah. or a gold star. We're just saying like you're on a curve. It's you're better. doing yes. My argument is TV yeah. is it's better, better than movies. Yes. Okay, not okay, TV okay. is good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, cable TV had twenty percent non-white leads and forty-five percent female leads, which is close to correct, but mm-hmm. still not. The weird thing is, when I was researching for this casual podcast, um, the one place where movies does better than television mm-hmm. is in digital. 
Oh, wow. Digital scripted shows have 13% non-white leads and 43% female leads. And that's true for directors, writers, everything. Um, Wow. Broadcasting cable television is better than movies and digital is worse than movies. That is crazy to me because it seems like a newer, younger medium and something that's almost even more immediate than TV oftentimes. I think part... I don't know. I haven't. This is just my opinion. Yeah, speculation. I think part of it is like broadcast TV is very beholden to ratings. Yeah. And it has been proven that like more diversity means more ratings. So they're going to make that money. And streaming platforms don't seem to care about ratings. There's been like super popular streaming shows that they'll cancel, especially Netflix does this. If a mm-hmm. show gets too expensive, they'll cancel it, even if it's the most popular show on the platform, right. because they're counting that you'll go back and watch the old episodes. You're not going to cancel huh. your Netflix account. You'll just watch old episodes or find a new show, even if they're super popular shows aren't still making new episodes. Yeah. And so I guess in that way, they're less beholden to ratings and not as interested in diversity. Jesus Christ. But it is like a um, interesting American thing that we think everything new is going to be better and more diverse. Like, oh, because it's new, it's going to be better. And that's just it's just not the case. It's hopeful and it's wrong. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's like, oh, good. We're making progress. And it's like, we're not. And yeah. that's really, man, guys, how do we solve this? I don't know. Because you'd think that knowing that you could make more money with something. It would seems make like, right. It's like even the it. bad ones have a chance to be like, well, great. Even if we don't care about this. I mean, I feel like it's like when I remember one of the first pitches I went in to do and it was like, you know, a, a female centric pitch, which is like the worst having to like frame something yeah. like that. And I remember the executive in the room being like, uh, well, what will we do if we can't get the male audience? And I remember being like, well, well women are 51% of the the population. And I remember him being like fully mind blown. And again, this was like 2015. Like it was a few years ago. Not long enough ago. Yeah, I truly not long enough ago. And women are more likely to be heads of households and have the purse strings and spend more money. Mm -hmm. So they should be more valuable audience members. Also, I found this out a couple of years ago and it makes perfect sense, but my mind was blown. Um, Latino people are number one and black people are number two for spending the most of their discretionary income on entertainment. So if we were being smart, all entertainment would be geared yes. towards those yeah. audiences. She's not only a great comedian, but she knows her shit. Yeah. Okay? So before you so, blame me about not liking the Avengers. So, yeah, so <laughs> true. Listen to this whole podcast. And we've, again, I've said this like 35 times on this podcast. We have no time for haters. <laughs> You're happy to join the conversation, but that's it. Share your opinion in a nice, delicate way. Uh, do your research before coming in hot, because let's be clear here, debating Ashley right now, real tough, <laughs> real tough, real articulate. So good luck to you. I came this with is numbers. the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you're looking to die on a hill, uh, you're going to die real fast. Uh, yeah, that's for also, sure. Also, this is like really silly, but it's kind of true. You would make more money with more diversity. Also, obviously, Hollywood's dealing with a lot of like sexual harassment scandals yeah. and stuff like that now. In television, I think it's something like 8% of television directors are female. And it's like, I don't know, women much, not zero but yeah. a much lower instances of committing sexual harassment so why wouldn't you have female showrunners and directors so if many for no reasons. other reason than to save yourself from the from lawsuits lo- again we're giving you reasons that don't require you be a good person yeah <laughs> and that's like that's how you know it's like a checkmate it's like instead of just being like come on guys do the it right thing nice. it's like yeah. you will benefit which i don't like but like <laughs> if that's what it takes then like jesus christ like broadcast show creators are only seven percent non-white and cable show creators 
only 73% non-white. So that's the one area where film, although it's like, it's hard to compare wait, directors. 73%? 7.3. 7.3. Oh, 7.3. 7. 7. Oh, okay. 7. I was like that. Wait. No, no. Okay. 7.3. No 7. Got 7. it. 7.3%. Uh, there are more film directors of color, 12.6%, uh, which is still abysmal, but yeah. more than uh, show creators. Um, and only 6.9% of films are directed by women. Jesus. Can I also ask your source just so people uh, yeah, can do Yeah, this is a the UCLA thing? study from 2018. That keeps, okay. Uh, so it only goes up to 2016 because sure. there's a lag. It's new. It's a new study, <laughs> yeah. people, from, from yeah, a reputable not, It's source. not from the 1950s. No, let's be, yeah, which, uh, God. Everyone should go look at There's a UCLA yeah. study and a USC study every yeah. year. Um, they also go into how the agencies are a bottleneck that agencies um, tend to mostly rep white men. So when these people, even if you want to say have a more diverse writer staff, you have to really pound the payment and go on Twitter to find those people because agents do not rep them and will not send them to you. And uh, we've talked about this in the industry, but for those listening that aren't in the industry, a lot of it is because like, again, most of the agents and managers yeah. are white uh, even if they're not intending to do it when we read things that run resonate with us and our experience we tend to like it more mm-hmm. so it's harder to break into and you obviously know this but it's uh, harder to break into an industry like when you're writing things that aren't for somebody else anytime you have to take a chance on someone it's easier to take any hiring anyone for any entertainment job is taking a huge chance on totally. them i mean like you're you hire a writer, you're putting that person in a room for many hours a day, maybe many hours into the night with mm-hmm. other people. And if they're a jerk or if they smell bad or if they touch people where people don't want to be touched, that's Top on three. you. You know what I mean? Let alone, that's before you even get to, if they're not talented, that means you are going to have a harder job to do as their boss. And it is easier to take chances on people that remind you of you. Totally. And so people have to like get past that bias because the thing that I see now is there are more people of color in television Mm -hmm. um, than there were in the past and Mm -hmm. then there are in movies but now what we're tending to do is hiring the same people over and over again so like we will have like Lena Waithe who I think is astoundingly talented and amazing has like five TV shows on the air right now which is amazing Um, and she hires a lot of people of color and gives them opportunities which is great Mm -hmm. but like instead of making the sixth Lena Waithe show find another black woman (laughs) and make hers you know what I mean totally that's so true. Uh, fully in support of that. Absolutely not debating any of this. Let's be clear here. There's no hill I'm dying I knew here. Yeah. Undebatable. Everyone always throws one at me where I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Um, on a lighter note, I have a small game for you All to right. play. The game for you is called Better or Worse, where I'm going to tell you some forms of passive entertainment, and you're going to tell me if it's better or worse than TV or movies. Okay. Uh, if we want to make a vast list at the end, we absolutely can. Um, um, first of all, books. Uh, TV. Wait, better than TV or better Be- than movies? Either one. Like you can say better than TV, worse than movies, or vice versa. Oh, okay. Um, I would say TV, books, movies. Interesting. Okay, books wedged right there in the middle. Okay, how about YouTube? Oh, YouTube is the worst thing. Bottom of the barrel. <laughs> on the planet. Really? Yeah. Okay, I, YouTube way at the bottom. I'm I mean, also, I'm list. like too old for it. The people who watch YouTube all day are, are much younger than I am. 100%. But um, again, I go to entertainment for story, right? Totally. There's very little story being done on that platform. And then what television and movie producers are doing is go, oh, you have 3 million yep. um, subscribers on YouTube. Here, have a TV show. Well, those are not the same thing. Like no. your ability to talk directly to camera for two minutes and like make people laugh about what 
flavor Cheetos is better is great and it entertains people and it's great. There are also statistics that those numbers don't translate. So like yeah. those followers will not follow you from one medium to another. So giving a TV show to somebody who is like a fucking TikTok star, yeah. those TikTok people are watching them for TikTok yeah. and they're not coming over. And part of the reason they're not is because it's not the same medium. No. Like because you can engage people on YouTube or on TikTok or on Twitter or whatever does not mean that you can break story and that's the job of writing television. A hundred percent. It's just not the same yes, job. No. And it's it's actually unfair to like set both sides of people to fail. Yeah. Like, oh, you're so right. Yeah. It's also it's in terms of writing and also especially in terms of acting, it's like you can be a really amazing personality and not necessarily have acting chops. Yeah. Um, which yeah, we see a lot. <laughs> I we literally just learned what TikTok is, so I was like thrilled to throw it in there. <laughs> Our staff writer like every day does like a minute of youth culture where he like teaches us what's <laughs> happening. And the sweet man, Morin, we love you. Uh, has had to ex- re-explain to us TikTok like 25 times to the point where he now like sends us TikToks and we're like, <laughs> but there's no length requirement. Like yeah. that was a different book. Like it's bu- fully, I still don't quite understand it. It's blowing minds. Yeah. Nothing makes me feel older than TikTok. I, totally. I am more likely to be entertained just in general by TikTok than I am by YouTube like I'll go to YouTube to like learn how to fix my oven or braid my hair or whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, TikToks I generally find entertaining but I couldn't tell you why or how to replicate it and that's what I think is like the thing about television and movies that like is true whether we like it or not is that Mm -hmm. they're money-making mediums and so you have to be able to replicate like if you write a pilot you have to be able to replicate the success of that pilot in every episode or if you're writing an action movie, you have to replicate an action movie every time you write one. And I don't know how one would replicate a TikTok. I, not a clue. <laughs> Do we call them a TikTok? Yeah, or are I we doing a thing where mom would call it like the Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> are we turning it to those sure people? That's amazing. I also couldn't understand. Okay. Vines I understood because it was like making like a very short video in five seconds. And even though that could be any number of things, I understood its limits. With TikTok, I'm like, well, what's stopping you from releasing a feature film on TikTok? And he was like, well, you just don't do that. I was like, well, Social why pressure. Not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why not? And like, uh, I, I completely, yeah, I'm, I'm not dying in, I'm dying on the hill of I don't know what it is and it's and I'm probably never going to be able to learn what it is all right so where where would we put TikTok in that list um I guess above YouTube at the very bottom of the right list. still at the bottom but still above YouTube which is fascinating to me because even though it's more entertaining uh YouTube is fascinating for like learning yeah which also we didn't get into we didn't talk about movies and tv shows in terms of like uh documentary-esque stuff I mean, documentaries versus what I would essentially say reality television. Yeah, obviously documentaries are better than reality television. (laughs) I'm talking about scripted and narrative. Yeah, Good. So we we should have made that differentiation up top. (laughs) Happy that we did. So that being said, 90 Day Fiance, good content. Um, (laughs) And I'll die on that hill over and over and over again. Um, Okay. The other things I have on here are uh, musicals. Oh, so uh, musicals. Uh, I would say television and then musicals. Oh, wow. Above books. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Very subjective reasoning because I've never watched a musical without crying. No way. Just the, it doesn't have to be a sad musical. It doesn't have to be a sad moment. Just the beauty of like 30 people doing the same dance move all together. Totally agree. They're so happy. They're living their dream. I know they worked really hard on it. And that's true of all of these things. Like anyone who wrote a book or is in a movie or it does lighting on a movie is living their dream is at the top of their game. But there's something about musicals where that is so present and I'm just so happy for them. 
them and I will cry every time. I find that I am tricked by movies, by bad movies that end in a dance number yeah. because I will be fully miserable the whole time and then I will leave being like, yay! Yeah, because they are just, there's something about them. I completely agree. Up on the top with Which me. I guess like academically, again, it's because it's engaging music, sound, dance, movement. It's engaging more of your neurons and you feel like you're more fully participating so in it. Love that. And, and in the case of a stage musical, you are in the room all the time. Speaking of stage stuff, just live theater in general. Um, I think live theater is probably like the highest form of entertainment. Oh, wow. So above TV. Yeah. You're in the room while it's happening. It also is in, I took a class called the economics of art in college, which is fascinating. I'm loving it. I'm like (laughs) fully feeling I'm getting the, like everything I missed from not getting to go to film school. So many people have like clicked to another podcast. Um, (laughs) let let them go. (laughs) Um, the thing that is unique to theater as a form of entertainment is that there's no way to do it cheaper because it's live you can't you can produce television shows somewhat cheaper you can produce movies somewhat cheaper you could do more cgi less practical shots whatever to make it faster or cheaper you cannot do that in the theater it takes the number of people it takes to put on a show yeah they they have to be human beings they have to be present during the moment even like like in little shop of horrors you know there's someone plays the plant so you never see Mm -hmm. them on stage you cannot pre-record that and just play it that person has to be present in the theater Mm -hmm. to play off the timing with the other people and um it's just an art form that like doesn't lend itself to being overly commercialized Mm -hmm. because there's no way to automate it totally there's also no fixing timing and editing there's no going back for take two yeah the actors have to be correct yeah every night eight shows a week yeah i even think and very controversial opinion everyone on earth will disagree with me musical theater singers are some of the best singers in the world because they're they don't get a second take yeah there's no auto tuning your voice has to reach the back of the theater every night eight shows a week most pop stars would blow their voices out and be done after three weeks on that schedule it's a full your full instrument has to be trained to do that Mm -hmm. and probably the only thing that's close is like obviously opera and like gospel singing where there is no electronic correction for you you have to have that strong of a voice every single and night pure and clear and yeah. juice. i don't know who's debating you on that oh, i mean a lot of people hate musical singing but it's, it's like so but they it's prefer so a girl like breathing over a microphone yeah. to me and like she's a great singer it's sure. like she's not or whatever singing. she does is great <laughs> yeah, yeah you exactly. enjoy her that's yeah, cool so her presence her whatever she's it's pretty, like yes. she's a good dancer or uh, whatever it yes, is it's a hundred percent that's not uh vocals great but i'm really glad we're on the same page with musicals because it would have like really broken my heart if i had to then yeah or i guess maybe i would have been slightly more articulate and impassioned to defend musicals but here we are um okay another thing i have on here is twitter um i would put twitter twitter's a little bit active so it's a roughie on this list it's yeah, not completely I don't passive find it, its point is not entertainment all right stricken from the record <laughs> uh improv um oh I would put improv pretty high on the list. Okay. Not to watch, though. 
Improv is horrible to watch. Yes. If you ever have, I apologize to you. It's amazing to do. But everyone should do it. So true. I think it's like, so uh, I think Kelly Leonard, the second city says like improv should be like yoga. Like so true. It's, a, it's something that you should be able to practice to go on a Saturday morning and like get into your body and practice communicating with other people, practice empathy. Like yeah. we were talking about earlier. It's something that everyone should do, but no one should be forced to watch it. And you That's should never so pay true. money for improv. I say as a professional improviser. That's so true. <laughs> Anything more than $5 is criminal. a scam Fully and do criminal. not do it. <laughs> what are you thinking? That being said, as a viewer, it would go toward the bottom then? Yes. Okay, okay. But below you should do YouTube? it. Uh, not below YouTube. Okay, okay. I, it's still a live experience. I would put it above the social Above TikTok. Yeah. Uh, okay, but below <laughs> movies in terms of watching. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Because even a bad you. movie makes sense, which is not true of a bad improv show. So, so true. I remember doing my first improv show and being like, this is fucking magical. Yeah. Like, this is amazing and it feels so good. And then inviting people to come watch and being like, eh? And everyone was like, you, you came. Yeah. <laughs> like you were up there like you tried something and i was like yeah okay. yeah no, it's I'll, for I'll doing not for again. watching uh, that's so true and amazing uh what about podcasts um oh another controversial opinion so I, I would put podcasts kind of low yeah um it's communication which is very cool it can be entertaining it can be informative um it's weird to me i feel like we're at a point where people would rather have a popular podcast than like be the star of a sitcom that's crazy and that's crazy to me yeah if for no other reason than financial it's crazy <laughs> yeah yeah 100%. but also like i don't know there's just so much more craft and artistry that goes into a book a television show a musical a play then podcast is like being a good conversationalist and hopefully being well informed, which are like great things. Totally. But I would put it on par with radio. It's the same thing as radio. Yeah. And it's weird that people are like, no one was ever really a radio. I mean, there are like popular disc jockeys, but like, Rick Video Dees in the morning the was the big star. guy yeah. when I was a kid in LA. But if you didn't live in LA, you didn't know who Rick Dees was. And right. it's like weird that like podcasters are now as famous as like TV stars totally. to me. The, like, I was just the only person I could think of was like Delilah. We know yeah, Delilah, Delilah, that right? was national. She broke. Yeah. <laughs> she broke through the barriers of but radio fame. This just goes to my point. Delilah was serving story. Ooh. Unlike the majority of radio shows, <laughs> I would say you got that emotional connection, amazing. romance stories, so right. and sometimes even follow up You're with people. You're so right. God bless Delilah. Um, <laughs> I would also say, while we're even here, oftentimes podcasts are more for the people than for the listeners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> people, um, maybe love. the majority of. Yeah. <laughs> are you guys still there? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, we're having fun here. Sometimes it's the only way you can see your friends if you're a comedian 100%. who lives in LA. <laughs> like, but if you come over, then we both like feel productive yeah. but really we just like had a really nice conversation for an yeah. hour about something and like about something our, other than ourselves yes, which is like, not easy to do so true <laughs> so 100% true put our phones down for an hour yeah. like got to connect what, what a delight uh, if you don't have a podcast just kidding you all do <laughs> um okay the other things on this list uh I have just a few more I have opera um I don't personally enjoy it but I would still put it uh, I would put it, it above movies. Uh, above movies. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's funny. Above Just movies, below of books. The, the craft and the level of artistry that's involved. It's so funny because it's one of those things where I'm like, I appreciate, but I don't like. So why are we putting it so high? Yeah, and that's how I feel, and I still believe it belongs there. Okay, that's amazing. Um, I, I will, hey, I'm I will see you know, you can do movies list. before I next see an As opera. 100%. Yeah. It's almost like if someone gives me opera tickets, I'm like, 
You know what? Like, I'm going to amend. I'll put opera o- under movies only because movie t- tickets are so much cheaper. There and we go. You should be able to enjoy entertainment. It shouldn't cost. Totally agree. I mean, like, like opera costs what it costs for good reason <laughs> so because it's very above, difficult right to make. Improv. Yes. <laughs> I think that's everything on my list. Uh, oh, the only other thing I had here was books on tape, which is just a differentiation of books and podcasts and radio. Uh, yeah, I would put books on tape with podcasts. Right, pref- same thing. Same the, thing. All the benefits you get of reading a book come from reading it. Like, I don't think they found that you get those same benefits from listening to Wait, it. Wait, where did we put podcasts? Is podcast below improv? Yeah. It's below improv, but above TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> This is a definitive this list. Is ama- okay, this is an amazing list. Wait, this is a, can I read you our list? Yes. This is this is Ashley's list, and I honestly agree. Uh, of passive forms of medium, and what's better than the next? We've got first off live theater, followed by TV, followed by musicals, books, movies, opera, improv, podcasts, TikTok, and then YouTube. Okay, my only amendment is I would put live theater and musicals together. Oh, you would. So they would be up top above television. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Now it's a, a now it's a perfect list. list. I it's hope somebody writes list. an article about it. And I same. And uh, <laughs> we're taking no notes. Uh, we don't actually want your thoughts or input on this list. This is just this it is now. This is now. it. Uh, this is the list. While you're reading the really important list from UCLA and USC, yeah. please also <laughs> reference this podcast in terms of uh, your viewing habits and what is what you're intended to like most. I think you've done a wonderful job dying on this hill today. Uh, so articulate. Learned so much. You know, so I, grateful a, for your oh, time. Here Hello. comes the dog. It's something I've thought a lot about and not talked a lot about because I know people are going to knee jerk get mad because it's so ingrained in our culture that film is better than television and I think that like goes back also to a time where like like you were saying film was so much more technologically advanced than Mm -hmm. television for a long time and um, film actors only acted in film and television actors only acted in television neither of those things are true anymore television has gotten so much better and arguably movies have gotten a little bit worse if for no other reason then there's less variety of movies because now mm-hmm. they're really only making big blockbuster movies those are wonderful but it's it would be like if we only made law and order franchises and that totally. was the only thing on television yes. <laughs> like those are great and people sure. enjoy them yes. but there's a lot of other stories to, to be, be told. told at a lot of different price points and made in a lot of different ways um and so it's like so ingrained in our culture that movies are better because that's an old idea but in the meantime movies have gotten worse and television has gotten better yep and television is better than movies (laughs) also just basic (laughs) i'll leave you with one tiny point if you want to watch two hours of content you Uh can watch one movie yes or you can watch four sitcoms or two dramas but if you were to watch 30 minutes of a movie it would not be a good experience <laughs> so true. television inherently better than movies i love it those are beautiful ass words <laughs> uh and with that i'm gonna read you your eulogy we've gathered here today to say goodbye to ashley nicole black who died <laughs> <laughs> my dog is just I giving fully, you a like, full it's, time I don't bath. think I have lotion on. <laughs> it tickles. We talk about consent uh, all hi, the time. don't worry, you're not dead. Um, okay, okay, we're, we're getting back in. I love this so much. I hope this is all under amazing grace. Uh, okay, we've gathered here today to say goodbye to Ashley Nicole Black, who died on the hill of TV is better than movies. Ashley is survived by many projects, including a black lady sketch show. She does not want me to kill you. <laughs> She's been so chill the whole time, and now that you have something to read, she's like, kisses time. (laughs) A 
dog that he sketched out, which was just announced for season two. Yay. Uh, and her sweet little angel dog, Gordy, who is now fully licked every <laughs> of my body. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Ashley Nicole. It's A-S-H-L-E-Y-N, the number one, C-O-L-E, or on Instagram at A-S-H-N-B-1. A plus. Uh, Ashley, we're so grateful for your time here on this earth and for sharing your last words with us today. And you too, Gordy. Uh, may you rest in peace. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh my God. <laughs> hey guys, thank you for listening to today's episode of Hills I Die On. If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to rate it on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment letting me know what you like most. You can also reach out to me on Twitter at by Taylor Cox. I am always happy to hear thoughts or feelings or compliments or of course any hills you guys might be willing to die on yourselves thanks again for listening and hope to see you next week forever dog this has been a forever dog production executive produced by brett boehm joe cilio and alex ramsey for more original podcasts please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.